This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? Thursday, May 26th, 2022. A pleasure to be with you. Hi. Hello. Jake's being awkward today, and I don't know why. Are you being awkward? No, I'm not. I'm really not. Okay. I'm not. You showed up to the studio today, like, flustered, out of breath, like, like you just run a marathon. So have you caught your breath yet, or? Yeah, I, I, I was moving quick this morning. Some, some mornings you move fast, and you're, you know, you, you hey, know, man. you got to get things done. Like, just checking. Yeah. No, that's good. Just checking a lot to get to today. Make sure you hit uh, subscribe on this channel. Uh, thanks so much to everybody who followed us yesterday. We are over 4,200 subscribers now uh, on YouTube. Appreciate you for that. Um, when we get to 5,000, uh, we are going to give away a PlayStation 5 on this channel to one of our subscribers. Um, the Saturday gas card announcement has never been more relevant. Um, news broke yesterday, and we're going to talk about it a bit later in the show, uh, that gas prices are massive as we all know right now gas is very expensive but there is a decade low demand for gas right now because so many people cannot afford gas so we're giving away a 250 dollars gift card to maverick um adventures first stop uh so if you are in utah arizona i guess parts of nevada uh poughkeepsie new york mm-hmm. um i'm not sure if they're in poughkeepsie it just flowed yeah. Uh, make sure that you uh, hit subscribe and like on this channel. The contest is pretty simple. It's not really even a contest. We're looking to give back to you. So Saturday, we're going to pick somebody who subscribes to our YouTube channel and follows us on TikTok. That's really all you have to do. Um, so again, find our video on our YouTube channel. TheMontyShow.com is where you can get the YouTube channel. Um, or just Google search The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y The Monty Show pops right up. Um, comment on our Maverick gas card video. You have to comment on the video. There was some question yesterday. If you could just, you know, follow us on, on TikTok and subscribe to the YouTube channel. I won't know. I have thousands of subscribers, um, on this channel and I have, th- I think I'm over five. 5,300 followers on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal, but it's kind of hard to figure out who follows us on TikTok and on YouTube. That's why we make you comment on our TikTok channel. Uh, so get there, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show, um, on YouTube and TikTok. Make sure you follow us there. We're adding a lot more content um, to our TikTok channels. Um, Jake is SLC Supercars. Uh, but again, to win the gas card, you got to, uh, like, and follow us on TikTok and comment at the Monty show, M O N T Y the Monty show, strange clouds. First one in what is going on. Good to see you, sir. Uh, also coming up in the show, a lot of food to talk about today. I'm fat. I like to eat. So we talk about food. Um, by the way, by the way, I'd like to thank EOS fitness who reached out to me yesterday. Um, about uh, apparently one of their directors watches a show on a regular basis. I think they're opening up a new one here um, in South Jordan. They are. Um, at some point. Uh, but EOS Fitness reached out and 
Um, you know, we were just saying, Hey, we watch a show. We appreciate that you guys talk about fitness and we appreciate that EOS fitness. Thank yeah. you. Um, so good to talk to you guys, but yeah, we are working hard. Um, the, the, the Jamie at EOS fitness who reached out to us on the show, um, yesterday was noting that, um, she is a jazz fan and she went back to a video clip we tweeted the other day. Uh, where I was much more portly and rounded. <laughs> I was a much more well-rounded human uh -huh. um, when we tweeted that older clip. And so she noted that uh, I had lost several um, inches or appeared to have lost inches on the camera. Uh, and I say, hey, I appreciate that because I have and we do work hard. Yeah. Uh, but we do love food. And we're going to talk about two things, Ritz crackers and Oreos. Um, and we're going to talk about Arby's has a new burger out. Where's Casey Finlinson and his lunchtime crew when we need him? Mm -hmm. um, have you tried the new Arby's Wagyu beef burger? Um, it is. There's a misconception that it's boiled. Jake actually mentioned that today uh, in our pre-show meeting. It's not boiled, and he is correct. It is not boiled. We'll tell you how they cook it. Um, and maybe we'll try it for lunch sometime in the next couple of days and do a TikTok video on it. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but without further ado, why don't we talk to you, um, about the all NBA team, first, second, third team and jazz nation's frustration that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell were left off of those teams. So mm -hmm. when we get in these situations, the question that we always ask very directly, I will add is okay. If you want Donovan Mitchell, and I really think the argument is Rudy Gobert. I, I don't think, and, and let me just get this out of the way now. I don't think Donovan Mitchell earned a spot on either of the three, any of the three all NBA teams. That's just my opinion, but Hey, I'm open to the conversation. That's what we do here on the show. Mm -hmm. um, I am open to should Rudy Gobert have been on the all NBA team. I think you're going to have a tough time arguing for him to be first team. That's Nikola Jokic. He's a stud. I think you're going to have a tough time arguing that he should be on the second team because that's Joel Embiid. And by the way, Joe's a stud. But Carl Anthony Towns, third team All-NBA center versus Rudy Gobert. Now that's a conversation that we're here for. Mm -hmm. And I would tell you, I would go with Carl Anthony Towns. And here's why. The Minnesota Timberwolves were clearly a better team than the Jazz this year. He was at the middle of that team and their success. He facilitates really well for Ant Edwards. He makes the young guys on that team better. He builds confidence with them. Everything they do really focuses in and around on Carl Anthony Towns, especially on the offensive end. And for that reason, Jake, I have to give the nod to Cat over Rudy Gobert. Yeah, and once again, I think this is a conversation with the Jazz that doesn't just come down to stats because I, I think a lot of people think that All-NBA is just stats. And, and, and a lot of people want to make the argument with either of these two guys, Don or Rudy, that, oh, well, well, he's got these great stats. And it's like, sure, they have great stats, but I also think the impact that they make on their team and, and how their team does and where their team goes – really matters and 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 when I look at Carl Anthony Town just like you said I mean he was one of the main reasons that they had so much success this year and and, and I think yeah. it doesn't help um again I know I'm sure James Knight's gonna be pissed I'm sure we're gonna get the another show another hating on Rudy Gobert but but for me it, when I look at all NBA and I compare Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert 
The only thing that I'm left with is is the offensive side because we know what Rudy can do defensively. We know that on any given night, Carl Anthony Towns can get the job done defensively. Not as much as Rudy. Rudy's a better defender, yes. But I think we could all agree that Carl Anthony Towns is more than a capable defender, you know, can get the job done, no doubt. But it's the offensive side of the ball where we see this disparity. And I think that's really the tough part because there are nights where Carl Anthony Towns is on Sports Center dropping 40 and having some ridiculous point uh, night from three-point land. And Rudy, right now, in his game, doesn't have that opportunity. And so when it comes to things like all-star teams and all-NBA teams and, and really individual accolades, outside of Defensive Player of the Year, are we really even having a fair fight for these other these other accolades? And that's kind of the point I want to hammer home with Rudy Gobert. It's not even, again, and I'm not hating on Rudy. I'm just being honest. Like, I don't really even think it's a fair fight for Rudy when he's compared to, you know, like you were saying, it's not really even a comparison, but Jokic and Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns and in in hell. I mean, obviously, Anthony Davis has been hurt, like, you know, for a long time now. But even when Davis is healthy, I, I, we've had that conversation. So that's why I say for Rudy, I don't even think it's really a fair fight. And I don't think it's fair to sit here and say, well, Rudy should have been all NBA, even though these guys have, you know, both sides of the ball. They do great things. Like, let's not take away from those guys. I think the conversation, I have to be honest, when you when you first look at the conversation for Don, from a stats perspective, he scores more points, but he lacks in other areas compared to the competition on these lists. Like, you know, he's got more points than, you know, a Trey Young or, or even Chris Paul. But those guys have more assists. They have more rebounds. They do other things. They're more of a complete package. So for Don, I think the argument's a little bit closer, but I tend to agree with you. I think these other guys who are on the list did more this particular season to get on the All-NBA team. And this is kind of what I was getting to. The last thing I'll say is, I said this earlier in the week, when this roster changes, when they when they put better opportunities around Donovan Mitchell on a nightly basis, he will get on the All-NBA team. He will be a, a not that he's not now, but he'll be a really bona fide all-star every year. You will know about Don nationally. It will be a lot better of a situation for him. So I have to agree with you. Yeah, and, and it's not – these conversations are very difficult to have. I think when you when you look at, you know, guys like Donovan Mitchell, guys like Rudy Gobert, I mean, these are very difficult comparisons that we're making. I mean, you, and let's start with the case for Donovan because, again – I just want to make it really clear. I do not believe that Donovan Mitchell should have been first, second, or third team. I don't believe that he should have been All-NBA. I think the injuries continue to hit him. Um, I think the the level of fall-off for the club, when you're the best player on a team um, and and your team falls considerably behind where it was, uh, just all of these things. There's a lot of reasons why you don't feel like Donovan Mitchell was a snub. But if I look at first team, with Donovan Mitchell, you tell me who who he should have been there instead of Luka Doncic or Devin Booker. Those are two better players by a long shot than Donovan Mitchell. And I should say they had much better seasons than Donovan Mitchell have when you right. look at Luka and Devin Booker. Um, and you're looking now at the success that the Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns had this year. There's not even a conversation to be had about first team, in my opinion. Right. Um, and by the way, I think Devin Booker earned it. I, I obviously... In Jazz Nation, Devin Booker is a very controversial figure. I understand that. I know a lot of Jazz fans love to hate on Book, and 
The bottom line is Devin Booker had a huge season of growth, and he's now super max eligible, mm -hmm. um, which I would have to believe the Phoenix Suns are going to gift him with with a super max yeah. um, at some point very soon. So I don't think there's a conversation between Don and Luca or Don and Devin. I think those those guys are two of the best guards in the in the world, and I think they rightly earned first team All NBA. Um, if you look at if you look at second team, John Morant and Steph Curry. Take Steph Curry out of the conversation. Mm -hmm. I think the guy is just an elite player. He is – I mean, I, I think you could argue whether or not he belongs first team over Luka Doncic. Yeah. Um, does Steph belong over Devin Booker? I think you could have a conversation about either one of those. John Morant – John Morant's an interesting one um, because I think, again, you're dealing with a young player. And when you compare John Morant to – to Donovan Mitchell, unfortunately, I think I have to take John Moran over over Donovan Mitchell. I think he is a more well-rounded player. I think he has shown an ability to finish in the paint. He certainly is more explosive than Don has showed in the last couple of years. Um, and I think he is a guy that has just got the it factor to it. And again, I think a lot of this conversation has changed with Donovan Mitchell specifically over this past season. A year ago, I'm taking Donovan Mitchell over John Morant. There's no doubt about that. The growth that we saw in John Morant's game this year, particularly with the jump shot and the mid-range game, I think made him pass by Donovan Mitchell, as difficult as that is. So, Jake, I don't even know that that in the first two, I mean, as far as, and this is just Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. I'm not taking Don over any, certainly, of Luka, Booker, and Curry. Mm-hmm. I think there is some conversation to be had about John Morant, but again, I think I'm taking Ja over over Devin Booker and the or excuse me, Ja over Donovan Mitchell in those first two teams. Yeah, and I, and I have to agree with you. And and I think what was so fascinating yesterday is is that Jazz Nation on Twitter, like you know how you go, you open the Twitter app, and you know all NBA is trending, and of course because my phone pings the Salt Lake City geography with Twitter. What am I going to see? I'm going to see a lot of jazz talk, a lot of people tweeting about it. And so what do I see when I roll up into All-NBA on Twitter? Oh, my God, you know, explain this. How is how is Don not first team and, 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 and Devin Booker had just barely a better season? And I, and I really don't like when we do that in sports, just barely a better season. Whether it's by, uh, 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 like on the football field, whether you got the first down by an inch or five yards, it's a first down. I think we can all agree on that. And I think we could also agree that Devin Booker is more of a superstar right now than Donovan Mitchell is. And I don't think that's a slight to Donovan Mitchell. I just think Don has work to do. So I agree with you. When I look at these lists, I'm definitely taking Book over Don right now. I, he's got a better mid-range, in my opinion. Uh, the three ball, uh, to me, while it is inconsistent for Book at times, he does hit it you know, with enough regularity that it's a weapon in his game. And I also think the attitude he plays with, and this is what I think really separates him from Don, the attitude that Book rolls out there with every single night is I want to end you, you know? Does he show up 0 for or 1 for a gazillion in their elimination game? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But that doesn't mean he shouldn't be all NBA first team. And I think that's what we like to do. Well, he didn't show up first team in the biggest moment of the year, so we shouldn't be all NBA. That's not fair. That's not true. That was one game and he had a bad game, just like Don or Luca or anybody else. So... I would definitely take Book over Don for first team, all NBA. Luca's not even a conversation. Don's nowhere even, in my opinion, even in the same stratosphere as Luca right now. 
Uh, secondly, I think when you talk about Ja Morant, this one's close, but I agree. Ja is more explosive. Ja is better in transition. Ja is, you know, more of a, 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 a dagger kind of player where you're like, all right, look out. If you put Ja on the Utah Jazz, what does that look like? If you put Don on the Memphis Grizzlies, what does that look like? That's where my mind goes. And I think, again, with all due respect to Don, if you put John Morant on the Utah Jazz this year with everything they deal with, I think they go a bit further. But that's just my opinion. I don't I don't know that you can disagree with that. I mean, obviously, health plays a role. Both those guys missed significant uh, minutes. Obviously, Ja was hurt in the playoffs at the end. Uh, but he missed a long stretch of the season as well. But I, I, don't, I don't think there's even an argument to be had there. And it's not an anti- Don take, I just think that Don had a really difficult season. Mm -hmm. And whether it was injuries, whether it was production late in the season, you know, clutch moments, you know, playoff production, certainly in the Dallas series, Don had a very difficult season. So I, I, I really struggle when we talk about is A better than B when it comes to NBA players. But I don't think there's any doubt that everybody that we mentioned on this guard list had a better season than Don did. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I think that's justified. Now, Rudy Gobert, that's a completely different conversation. I think this one is a much, much more difficult one uh, to to argue about. Like, I look at the first two, two teams uh, for Rudy Gobert, and I'm telling you right now, Nikola Jokic and, and Joel Embiid are simply better players than Rudy Gobert is. And note, I didn't say they're better defenders. They're better all-around players. Those are MVP candidates. Those are guys that their teams are built around, and their teams are very, very good, right? Now, you want to talk about third team uh, with, with the center position? Carl Anthony Towns versus Rudy Gobert. Simple, you know, I'll, and we can get this in the comments too. Which guy do you want, Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert? In today's NBA, I'm taking Carl Anthony Towns. Now, having said that, I think this is a much, much closer conversation. And I think if you want to argue statistics, I think Carl Anthony Towns has Rudy Gobert beat significantly when it comes to statistics. But when you look at the impact on the game, yeah. there's no doubt that Carl Anthony Towns has a more talented Minnesota Timberwolves team. I mean, the, the roster in Minnesota is just better than the roster in Utah. It is more diverse. It is much, much, much younger, right? And it's just more dynamic. That absolutely makes a difference, and it it much more helps Carl Anthony Towns. The roster in Utah, without a doubt, I think everybody would agree, hurts Rudy Gobert because there's just not athleticism. Guys who are capable, willing defenders. They're, like, there's just not those guys on this roster. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about all NBA and we talk about the four or five best centers in the NBA, this is an offensive league. And so, again, when we talk about Carl Anthony Towns versus Rudy Gobert, who had a better season? I don't think you can make an argument that Rudy Gobert had a better season than Carl Anthony Towns. Can we argue that maybe Rudy Gobert is a better player? No, I don't think you can make that argument either because I think Carl Anthony Towns is prototypical big in this league. He shoots threes. I mean, you look at his numbers – the guy averages 24.6 points a game. Um, he averages 10 boards a game, and he averages four assists a game. Yeah. Like, I, it, Rudy Gobert is is not giving you that kind of balanced production. Now, obviously, Rudy's the best rebounder in the NBA offensively and defensively. Absolutely. But his limitations on offense as far as, like, point production and where that production comes from, that's where this conversation really changes. The usage rate 
for Carl Anthony Towns, he's at the middle of everything that the Timberwolves do. Yeah. So it's really hard, Jake, for me to to give the nod yeah. to Rudy Gobert over Carl Anthony Towns. Well, and, and I think the hard thing to and, and this is inevitably where we always wind up with with any Rudy conversation. How do you and, and this I think is a question. How do you quantify or measure or weigh how how Rudy Gobert impacts the offensive side of the ball mm-hmm. without shooting the basketball. So so is so as an example, just as an example comparison, it does it have a bigger impact on the game when 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 Carl Anthony Towns is knocking down the three, or does it have a bigger impact on the game when Rudy sets a really good strong pick and then Donovan comes off of that to knock down the three? Because Rudy won't get those points on the and the box score. But Rudy is helping make that happen, and I think that is is what the 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 kind of the gripe is for Jazz fans. So for me, my opinion is when we're talking all NBA, we're not talking about about hey the the absolute you know impact you have on the floor. It's kind of this combination of things, and I think when you're asking people to vote for you. It's a lot easier to vote for you when you can put a highlight reel up in front of somebody of you having a 40-point performance and 10 of those were threes or of you having good footwork in the paint and having a back-to-the-basket game. It's a lot easier to win these awards when you can get your own, and that's the problem. Yeah, and I I think getting your own in this league is really important. Um, You know, But then again, I look at third team, and I look at the guard situation on third team, and I say to myself, well – you know, is is Devin Booker um, and Steph Curry and all those guys on first and second team are they did they have better seasons than Donovan? Yeah, without a doubt. Is Trey Young having a better season than Donovan Mitchell, where Trey is twenty eight and a half points a game, nine dimes and and four boards? Donovan's at twenty five nine, four boards, five assists. You know, I I, I think it's very close. I think Donovan's a far more dynamic player. But again, perceptions being reality, you know, I think Trey Young is a, and when it comes down to popularity, Trey Young's a more popular player yes. because of what he did in New York last year. Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 again, when I look at the, the, the argument for all NBA and was there a stump here? I don't know. Now, this next guy that I'm going to mention, third team All-NBA, I think is ridiculous. Chris Paul. Yeah, I have a problem with this one. Chris Paul, to me, should not be third team All-NBA. I think Darius Garland should be third team All-NBA. I think that's the guy that was a significant snub here. Darius Garland, 22 points, nine dimes, three and a half rebounds a game. And the guy is absolutely the straw that stirs the drink in Cleveland. Like, Darius Garland, and and, and that's just my opinion. Like, note I'm not saying who are some of the other guards that were snubs, guys like Zach Levine. Um, You know, like, I'm not looking at, um, you know, DeJounte Murray, let's say. Yeah. Like, I I think the guy that was snubbed in the guard guard rotation is Darius Garland. Mm -hmm. I think Darius Garland belonged on third-team All-NBA. But I think, again, when we talk about popularity – I think that Chris Paul is an enormously popular figure. Yep. And by the way, he's the reason that the Phoenix Suns went to the NBA Finals last year. And there is always a residual carryover from the year before to this year, right? I think he's the reason that Devin Booker um, has had the growth over the last two years that he's seen. I think he gets a lot of credit for that. I think people believe that he's a phenomenal leader. He gets a lot of credit for that. I think he's an incredible politician. He gets a lot of credit for that. Yeah. Darius Garland probably doesn't have what 
one-tenth of one percent of the relationships in the NBA that a guy like a Chris Paul has. But if we're just talking credentials and worthiness, there's no doubt in my mind Darius Garland should have been that guy on third-team All-NBA instead of Chris Paul. Yeah, and I completely agree. And I think you know the other, the other point we can make here is um, for all my stat nerds out there, one thing that really stands out about Chris Paul's numbers, he's only averaging 14 points a game, but he's got 10 assists a game. Bro, 10 assists, which tells you he's playmaking a lot and putting guys in position. And it also tells you the guys around him are getting buckets. Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder. And when you look at, I don't have Darius's numbers, but just Don's numbers here. Don's only got five assists a game, but he's got 25 a night. And so it's kind of this thing where I'm telling you guys. But isn't that the roster as well, though? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, imagine if Don had 25 a night, but also had, you know, a knockdown shooter in the corner or or these things that he could work with. He would have eight, nine, ten assists a night. If he, he trusted his teammates. Yes. Part of this is on the roster. Part of this is on Donovan. Like, yeah. when you talk about Rudy Gobert, Rudy's really limited in his skill set, right? So you know what he's not capable of offensively. You, we have no idea what Don's capable of. We don't know what his growth potential or his ceiling is. But my point is, Don is the one who really controls his numbers because he is a guy that should be eight, nine times a game, in my opinion. Yeah. But he also doesn't trust his teammates because Royce O'Neal doesn't want to shoot. So it, it, I can't blame him for not trusting Royce. Bogey's the one, and I know I've talked about this a lot, but Bogey's the one that really sticks in my craw. Like, Donovan Mitchell needs to kick the ball, boy, on Bogdanovich every chance he gets. And a lot of times he doesn't. Sometimes he does, but a lot of times he doesn't. But this exact conversation is why Donovan Mitchell is now third-team All-NBA. Yeah. So, and I also think that they were so bad defensively, Donovan's got to be a better, more willing defender. And if Donovan were a better, more willing defender and had more steals and, you know, ran breaks off of steals he created and dished to Rudy for an alley-oop on the break, maybe those assist numbers are significantly better. Yep. You know, maybe yep. the usage rate goes up. May, like, so there's all of this, all of this stuff that comes out of Don's got to be a better defender. There's no, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I, I want to say it's N. Garcia who always leaves the D off his name and says no D. Like, I get it. He's got to be a better defender. So there, but there are definitely some snubs for All NBA. Like, I mean, I, I look at some of the other names. Like, it, it, can anybody explain to me how Jimmy Butler is not third team All NBA? Yeah. When I look at the forwards in particular, the forwards in particular. On third team, um, are ridiculous. I, I mean, I, I look at LeBron James. I think LeBron's a huge snub for second team. Like, I don't believe that he belongs in first team, but LeBron James should have been third team All NBA uh, or second team All NBA over Demar Derozan. Mm -hmm. He he just should have been. I mean, the numbers on a really trashy Laker team that was terrible all season long, and the elite high-level performance and what he was able to do. If you look at LeBron's numbers and you consider just how terrible yeah. the Lakers were, LeBron put up 30 points a game, eight rebounds, and six dimes. Crazy. How did he do that? Like How? Yeah. On that team, how did he do that? Playing with Austin Reeves. And he's not second-team All-NBA? Are you serious right now? Like, to me, LeBron got snubbed. Even though he made third team, LeBron James got snubbed 
for second team. I mean, like you look at first team, I don't think you can take anything away from Luka, Book, Giannis, Tatum, or Nikola Jokic. Those three guys had phenomenal, or those five guys had phenomenal seasons. I don't think you can argue to break them down. But I look at second team, and DeMar DeRozan absolutely is, and I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, and he was spectacular for what he did for that team, that that D-Rose scored 28 points, five rebounds, and five dimes, and is arguably the best mid-range player in the Eastern Conference. Multiple game winners this year. He he should have been third team All NBA. LeBron fucking James should have been second team All NBA. How much of how much of the LeBron thing is is the fact that you know we, we kind of are just accustomed to him dominating the game. I, I really believe in that. Like, hey, you've been dominating so long that we've lost the appreciation for thirty and eight over the course of a season. You know what I think it is? I think there's a LeBron hangover. I think all of the mess he he takes a lot of heat. Yeah, for what happened to the Lakers and. I think that I, I don't how would I how would I quantify this? Like what's an example? Like Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. Yeah. I bet you in all the NBA conversations that I have, I hear about LeBron's decision to to force a Russell Westbrook trade. Yeah. A lot. We hear about that a lot. Like in Rudy Gobert Houston Laker trade rumors. Well, if LeBron hadn't forced Westbrook that I hear that all the time. And so I think he takes a beating for that. Mm -hmm. I think there is a lot of LeBron burnout in this league. I think people would be thrilled if LeBron had an heir apparent. And there's not an heir apparent right now. There, There is not. Luka's probably as close to that heir apparent as you're going to get. And I think there is significant dislike of Luka Doncic around the NBA because of his antics. Um, like, I thought it was incredible the other night um, in the in the um, Warriors game, Luca yanks Andrew Wiggins' arm to the floor, falls down, throws his arms up in the air, and the official blows the whistle for Luka Doncic, and calls a foul on on Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, even though Luca is yanking his arm, has both of his arms like cradling and holding Wiggins' arm, yanks Wiggins down, they still call a foul on Wiggins. Yeah. I think there's burnout on that kind of antics because they're up 25 at one point the other day. I think that was whatever game that was. Yeah. And Luca is complaining to the officials about calls and you show the replay and there's no foul there. And he's still complaining. I think there's a lot of that on Luca. I think there's a lot of that on LeBron, just general LeBron burnout. Yeah. I think people would love for there to be an heir apparent to LeBron. And right now I just don't think there is. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what, how he is respected going forward. But LeBron James, without question, had a monster season. Well, and I think this season coming up could be one of his best, even with the age, because of all the rest. I mean, we've never seen well, a LeBron a LeBron James, you know, that's rested and has, I mean, what, what is he going to have here? He, like six months? Yeah, he has an awful lot to prove. I mean, that he, I think LeBron's legacy is on the line this coming season. And, and I know that might be crazy because he's got multiple rings, blah, blah, blah. He is being argued as the best player to ever take the court in the NBA. Nobody believes that now. So can he regain that mantle? No, probably not. I don't think he's ever on Kobe and Mike's level. But if he wins another championship, he's probably the best player in the modern era. Like yeah. in his generation, he's probably he's probably that best player that, that we've seen, right? And I think if if that happens, 
If he wins another championship, okay, we're having a different conversation about LeBron because he's 64 years old now, yeah. and he he absolutely wrecked the L.A. Lakers this past season. As good as his year was, Russell Westbrook being a Laker, and the the rumors around the NBA that the the Lakers didn't want to trade Russ at the deadline because they didn't want to upset LeBron. Crazy. Crazy. Because they had a John Wall, Eric Gordon deal done. And how would that? And, and I think the thing that was so uh, like crazy about that is John Wall and Eric Gordon with LeBron works. That works, man. Like Eric Gordon can knock it down. I think a lot of people would say, "Well, we don't know what we got in John Wall right now." Well, I can tell you what I think we got, and that's a guy who can definitely play in transition. Can he stay healthy over the course of an NBA year? Well, that remains to be seen. Hasn't played in the NBA in eighteen months. Yeah, can he? The stay guy's healthy? healthy. Yeah, he had he's and he's had major injuries. John Wall can play. Yeah. John Wall. And you know the other thing about John Wall that you have to respect? John Wall practiced hard, played hard in practice, mentored the young guys. That's a very young team. All of those guys, Jalen Green, everybody on that team, raved about his leadership and his mentoring in games, in shoot-arounds, yeah. on flights. John Wall did it right. Well, and even when he wasn't playing, because there was a time where he, he, like, he was a rocket, but he wasn't playing, but he For was practicing. Yeah, well, he's still he this whole year he played in, he played in practice he practiced with them. Yeah, he just they said to him, "We're not going to play you in games." Yeah, he stayed with the team. He mentored them. He worked with them. He like he stayed in touch with that team. It's a good business decision. And I I think and Eric Gordon the same. Eric Gordon has no business being on one of the worst teams in the NBA. Eric Gordon is a legit sniper in this league. He can shoot the three. He has no business being on that team. Yeah, yet he was a pro. He worked with them. He mentored them. Like, to me, those two guys would have been huge assets to the Lakers. Huge assets. And my guess is you're going to see both those guys not Rockets when training camp opens. And I think the thing that was upsetting to me is the Lakers aren't willing to give up a first-round pick to offload yes. Russell Westbrook. And I yes. just think that the idea that you had the season you had and you went out the way you went out, and then we're getting the Lakers essentially trying to sort of massage the idea that Russ is going to be back and now he's definitely going to be back is is just bonkers to me. But I don't get it. I think one of the other interesting conversations that needs to be had about the, the Jazz here is what is the level of respect for the Utah Jazz around the NBA? Because I think, you know, uh, and I'm trying to be gentle with this, but I just think they're a non-factor in most people's minds. Mm -hmm. Nobody thinks about the Jazz because nobody fears the Jazz or respects the Jazz. And I think that's a huge problem when all NBA voting comes around. I think it's a huge problem when you pick Rudy Gobert last in the All-Star game, right? Like, it's embarrassing. James Harden. To, exactly. And Rudy Gobert was a pawn to spite James Harden. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. So you look at all this stuff, and I just think there's a lack of respect for the Utah Jazz, which the trickle-down impact on that is Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are not all NBA. They're not now again. I think it's really difficult to make an argument for either guy over anybody that was on those teams. But there's a lack of respect for the Utah Jazz around the NBA. Yeah, there is, and I think that's why I I, I say we're all really thirsty as 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 observers and people that cover the Jazz and you as a fan, you are really thirsty for good in this organization. Because ask yourself this question: How long has it been? Since we had good news, how long has it been since something good, positive, forward momentum happened with the Utah Jazz? 
I would say it's probably back to the first week of December when Danny Ainge was hired. Yeah. Full time. Yeah. Like when that became official, because, you know, we knew in June, July that Danny Ainge had a role in a, in a framework that hit what his role was going to be. He didn't officially come on board until December. Mm -hmm. That moment it, it has been in my mind, the last time there was something truly positive yeah. for the Utah jazz. And I, I think that that's, that's part of the conversation. Please, if you're here watching the show right now, give us a thumbs up and a like. It really helps the channel grow. Um, we had a big day for for subscribers the last couple of days. You guys have really supported the channel. Thank you for that. Um, again, we're giving away a $250 uh, gas card. Uh, all you have to do is go follow us on TikTok, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Leave a comment on our TikTok channel. Hey, I found you on YouTube. Um, you know, leave a comment on the YouTube video for the Maverick gift card giveaway. Hey, I follow you on TikTok. That's the only way we're going to know that you guys are in the contest. Yeah. It's the only way you can win the $250 gift card is to comment on the YouTube video and comment on the TikTok video because then we know you follow on both. Um, we're also giving away a PS5 when we get to 5,000. So please do give us a thumbs up if you're here right now and a like. Let's talk about Ryan Smith, the owner of the Utah Jazz. He sat down on a podcast, an NBA podcast, which, Jake, do you remember the name of that? Because I'm um, old and I forget. It is uh, Point Forward with Andre Iguodala and Evan Turner. Right, Point Forward. Point Forward. So it's a pretty good podcast. I've, I listen to it on kind of a semi-regular basis. I've heard it a couple of times. Um, but I saw Ryan Smith on that podcast, and so I decided to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the things that you took away from that? Yeah, so I mean, I, I think some of the biggest things I took away from it is first off, and you're we're going to play some sound here, but Ryan, generally speaking, is a very genuine dude. Like, I feel like in sports, you know, if you think about the biggest owners in sports, I'm not just talking the NBA, like just in sports, a lot of times owners of organizations are like these far off kings of the land that we can't relate to and we don't know. And I, what I really appreciate about Ryan is that he is somebody who who started small. You know, he's somebody, he has the American dream type story, you know, with, with Qualtrics and then that whole thing. And you can go find that. But I think the biggest thing about Ryan is that he's very genuine. And, and I think that, you know, something that I took away from this podcast was he really cares about, about you know, winning, which you're going to hear, but he cares about winning and he cares about, about sort of ushering the organization in a positive way. Like, okay, the Millers ran this thing for 30 years, and now yep. I've taken this over. I'm not going to let this thing just go into a dumpster well, fire. Well, and I thought that was interesting, the comment he made. One of the comments he made on this podcast was um, that, you know, he he has respect for – I mean, is that the right way to say it, that he has respect for what the Millers – I think, had here. Yeah, I think he has a lot of respect for what the Millers had and did. And I also think that because of who he is as a person, because he is an entrepreneur, he started his own company. He then, you know, uh, did, a, did, a, did a bunch of stuff. And, and he is from Utah. That's the other thing. He's from Utah. And he, he really takes a lot of pride in building a Utah brand. So I want to play this bite first off. Talking about uh, bringing in D Wade and, and kind of building building the ownership circle, if you will. We kind of closed the deal. We were going through it, and then I get a call from D Wade saying, "Hey, talk to me about ownership." And I was like, "Whoa!" Like right. I'm looking at this team, and this is here. And I was like, "Well, if I was ever going to go down a road, you'd probably be the number one draft pick, D Wade, right? <laughs> like, like, like." 
everyone yeah. loves D-Way. Like, and I had known him through Clark and like everything yeah. else, just like Dre, like we do. And it, it became like, we sat down, we talked and it was like, hey, look, I think that like, like you could really help the group shape and so he's very genuine. That's what I noticed. Like he's, he's just not, a guy. Yeah. yeah, he's not. He's not sitting here talking about like stuff that we can't. We can't relate to. And then, and then the second thing that that we have here, and, and this is really the one that you should pay attention to, is is him talking about getting Danny Ainge involved in in really winning championships. We recently, you know, brought in Danny Ainge, who mm. you know I've known for 15 years, and I think he's one of the best basketball minds in the world. 44 years in the league, mm-hmm. player, coach, mm-hmm. player, coach, president, and um, it's kind of seen it all with three rings. And like, I, I think that, you know, between six rings of D way names, like I think they got a pretty good idea what right. that yeah. level looks like. And yeah. the thing I hope to be able to add is, you know, the only thing we're missing in Utah is we just don't have a championship. Right. And that is like, if I could bring that and we could bring that for this group, for the Miller family, like that's what we want. How that goes, I, I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Jazz owner Ryan Smith talking about winning a championship. I, I mean, I I am I really like him as a guy. I think he is he is one of the most important figures in in this state. But I I am disappointed in the first two years of his ownership. And I know that that might sound harsh, but we were talking earlier that this team needs a win. Mm -hmm. I think Ryan Smith needs a win. And I understand the guy's a billionaire and he's, he's hip and he's cool. And this is a good story, but we need a win. And whether that is, and I don't mean win a championship. That's obviously that's the ultimate goal, right? But when I'm talking about Ryan Smith, the owner of the Utah jazz, we need to start winning in in singular moments let's have our uniform release that's really exciting that you know gets jazz fans to the team store I'm not sure that's going to happen if if and i'm told that we'll see uniform release for the jazz during the finals if it's the uniforms that we've seen that's not a win that's a loss because i don't know a jazz fan and i know hundreds and hundreds of jazz fans I don't know a single jazz fan that likes that uniform. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's move past that roster recovery, roster rebuilding. We need a win there. We need Danny Ainge, who is Ryan Smith's guy. They've known each other for 15 years. They're friends. He's got multiple rings. We need a win. And that means we need a big trade and we need a transformative trade. We need a moment where you take a piece of this team or multiple pieces, hopefully of this team, of this roster, and you turn them into gold. We need that win because we haven't had that win. And I think one of the questions that I have is, are we going through growing pains with Ryan Smith as a new owner of an mm. NBA franchise? And I, 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 I don't think that's unexpected. I don't think that's his fault. But when you talk about surrounding yourself with guys who've done what you're trying to do, Danny Ainge and, and Dwayne Wade have never done what you're trying to do. They've never owned a team. They've never taken a team from the bottom to the top as an owner, right? Uh, is, is Danny Ainge a good basketball executive? Hell of a basketball executive. Is Dwayne Wade a phenomenal um, you know, NBA player? He was. Absolutely he was. 
he was he Dwayne Wade with the LeBron James decision in that moment and he was part of one of the biggest moments in the history of the NBA but none of them have owned a team and none of them have built a champion yeah and to me the biggest question is is Ryan Smith I he's capable there's no doubt will Ryan Smith win a ring yes he's going to win multiple NBA championships I have no doubt about that but how many mistakes are going to be made along the way that's what we got to know I, I think this team needs a win so badly this summer, whether it's the uniforms, the rebrand, the, the roster. Jake, I think this team is so thirsty for a win. Yeah, and the thing that I that concerns me about Ryan Smith is not his ability to balance a profit and loss sheet. I think he knows how to do that at a really high level. I think what concerns me is he thinks that he because he's been successful in business ventures, and he is very entrepreneurial, lives on the edge, you know, like all entrepreneurs do. I think he thinks that that equates to building an NBA team and building a juggernaut in the league. Right. And while you can build a juggernaut in marketing and branding, the on-the-floor stuff, that is not his strong but suit. But he hasn't even – he has not had a win yeah. in marketing and branding. Yeah, like if you which look is surprising. At, if you look at the TV deal, yeah, the TV deal is probably the most painful thing for any jazz fan. There is no easy way to watch jazz games. And again, I, this is why I tell you, I'm a Dish Pros customer, right? They don't advertise on the show, nothing. They don't support us in any way, shape, or form. The reason I'm a Dish Pros customer is because they can put jazz games on my TV 82 times a season. Yeah. That's why I'm a Dish Pros customer, because I get every jazz game. And unfortunately, it's a struggle for, for a lot of jazz fans to watch games on TV. Ryan Smith has got to fix that. That's got to be the 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 number one priority, in my opinion. Because what good are uniforms if your if your fans can't see them on a regular basis, right? <laughs> Seriously, how do they grow on you if you don't get to watch them on TV regularly? The other thing that uh, that I I am really thirsty for is 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 digital content. You are you are supposedly somebody that operates in in the digital space at a really high level. Give me give me content. You went to BYU, who, and I think BYU, on the whole, whether it's BYU TV, BYU Radio, BYU, it doesn't matter what their 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 digital product is. It's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, like the stuff that they do with the the coaches shows, the stuff that they they do with with Greg Rubel, um, the stuff that they do with the church. Like, that's what I need from the Jazz. I need what I need is incredible daily digest like content i need an inside the jazz i need hard knocks with the jazz yeah. every single day where the ugly is exposed i need i need i need that content i need daily video content how are we in 2022 ryan smith and i don't get daily post game video get daily Every single game, I want a I want a jazz camera in the face of a jazz player, passionately talking about what happened on the floor. Mm -hmm. I want Donovan Mitchell. I want to see Donovan Mitchell when he limps back to the locker room. I want a jazz camera back there, showing him limping around, showing him in the locker room, showing him on the training table. I want bus rides and plane flights. I want practice. I want locker room. I want hijinks. I don't just want videos of Joe Ingles presenting Jordan Clarkson, the sixth man of the year award. That was phenomenal. You know what I want? I want hugs and tears when Joe Ingles found out he was traded. Yeah. 
that's what I want. But we don't get that. We don't have a streaming deal. We don't have a TV deal. We don't have an alternative content deal. Why not? Like, why isn't that happened? To me, those are the, when you talk about marketing, that's what is shocking to me. It's been two years, man. And you're in a league that really facilitates it, by the way. And you're, you know? you're the this is why the Lakers make more money. Yeah, they're in L.A., but they also have, you know, they also have their own TV channel. They have their own digital stuff. Like, they put that stuff out on a daily basis. The Utah Jazz in this town should be a 365 business. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. It absolutely is not. And I love, Ryan, I love what you do with scholarships. I love what you do in the community. But for instance, and I don't know why I'm just riffing on Ryan Smith. I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for that seminal moment where Ryan Smith becomes the owner of the jazz. It's not pen to paper, man. It's not. It's that moment on gun violence. It's that moment on, on drug overdoses and addiction in this town. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah. But you also got to have third tier content. You also got to have streaming. You also got to have a TV deal. You also have to like all this stuff. And it's just not there. So I'm just waiting for a win. I'm sorry to riff. I'm I'm no, I, I I'm think, really passionate about Ryan Smith. Yeah, I well, truly I think, am. But but if you but this is this is what's really important. That's the most important point you make. You're really passionate and 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 I think we could all agree this is something we could get around. We're all really passionate about Ryan Smith because we know what the potential is. We're really excited about Donovan Mitchell because we know what the potential is. We know this guy could be the guy since the the first guy in this organization to lead the team on the floor since Stockton and Malone. That's why you get excited about these different individuals because they have the potential. I don't want Ryan Smith to roll in here, a Silicon you know Slopes guy from Utah, you know BYU guy. And be an absolute failure. Nobody wants that. That's no. not good for our and show. And he's, like, he's, he's done well. Yeah. In that he's not a guy that sits on his wallet and tells you how many bees are in his bank account. Like, he's spending money, not wisely so far, but he's spending money, right? He is, he is doing things that he thinks are good. But that's why I say he's a new owner. He's making new owner mistakes. Yeah. Right? He's now got to stop that process he's got to move on from that. You don't tweet that you're not going to trade Joe Ingles when you and I both damn well know you're going to trade Joe Ingles. Yes. That's a mistake. That is a mistake. You don't ostracize, in my opinion, your players from the public by closing the locker room. Yeah. You don't allow your players. If I'm Ryan Smith, my players need to do locker room cleanout. My players, every single one of them, it is inexcusable and unacceptable for you not to be there when we win and when we lose. Yeah. It's unacceptable because that's how you marry players and fans. And that's all that matters. Because ultimately, if it costs you beer sales, it was a mistake. If if this jersey sucks, you know what I'd like? If if it truly is the representation, and oddly, it's the one thing that my jazz people will not talk to me about is yeah. this jersey release. Which makes you think, hey, maybe it's not. You know what I'd like? I'd like Ryan Smith to stand up and say, okay, you know what? This has been a huge mistake for us. We made a big mistake. Jazz fans, we heard you. You don't like the New Jersey. We're going to work on it. And that, that to me, is would be a huge win for this team. I don't think he'll do it. I really don't. And if they release these uniforms and they are as bad as we hope they're not, 
man, that's going to be a rough, rough, rough thing. Yeah. Because you're coming off of one of the worst seasons in recent memory as far as disappointment goes. So much struggle. And now you're going to release this jersey that everybody hates. I just, I'm telling you. I, and I, I, I want to read the comments on this. Um, I, I truly do. Uh, Gene Stream uh, Gamer says 4.2 thousand followers already, guys. Let's get to 5K subs on this channel for the giveaway. How about Gobert uh, for exchange on AD? The Lakers could land Kyrie back. Boy, did you hear? Oh, man, dude. We should talk. Let's talk about it real quick because this is a, this the, is a big deal. The Brooklyn Nets are not. They have officially said we are not extending Kyrie Irving. Get the fuck out. Wow. I don't blame him. I don't and, blame him. And immediately, people said, again, nah, I'm always right. Monty, you fat fuck. You're always saying you're right. <laughs> what did I tell you? Kyrie Irving for Russell Westbrook solves everybody's problems. It solves everybody's problems. Russell Westbrook playing alongside Kevin Durant is the perfect guy. But? In that mix. Yeah, but Russ and Ben Simmons next to each other. I don't know about that. I think Russ and Ben Simmons works perfectly because Russ is a guy who needs to be able to score and to do that he's going to have to fix that jump shot I don't know where that thing went he used to be able to shoot and now he can't shoot at all but Ben Simmons attacking the basket distributing Russell Westbrook is best off the ball because he moves really well away from the basketball and Ben Simmons is a defensive stud and Kevin Durant to thrive has to be the bro, yeah, the dude, he does. the alpha male. And he on that team, when Kyrie's gone, because he's going to be gone, I think there's a real chance the Lakers wind up with Kyrie Irving. But there's a lot of rumors that that if Kyrie goes, that Kevin's out. That's the thing that I'm curious about. It, it, it mm. is Kevin Durant. Did Kevin Durant get upset or feel disrespected by the Nets not extending Kyrie Irving? He did not. And well, so sources say, like I was talking to an NBA guy the other day on the Donovan Mitchell um, trade thing. Yeah. And we were talking about this Kyrie Irving story and we were talking about Kevin Durant because there's been this rumor that Kevin would ask out if Kyrie left. Yeah. And there's a there's a belief in, in the NBA that Kevin Durant was frustrated with being the only guy who gave a damn about that team. So get your facts straight. And that he, he and there's no doubt, Kevin Durant was happy to see James Harden go. Yeah. But his relationship with Kyrie deteriorated once Ramadan started and Kyrie Irving was fasting and unable to play in the first half of that game. There's a lot of people, you guys might remember, that first of all, Kyrie Irving is a devout Muslim. And so part of the Muslim faith requires you to fast sun up to sundown during a period called Ramadan, which is one of the holiest times of years of the year in the Muslim faith. So you would see Kyrie Irving coming out of the locker room. Um, I mean, 10 seconds after official sundown, he's coming out of the locker room with a, with a ham and cheese sandwich on a paper plate. Yeah. Cause he hasn't eaten all day and it's the second quarter. And the guy is dead on his feet. And he's coming out of the locker room with food. And Kevin's trying to beat Boston. And and Kevin's trying to beat Boston. Alone. And and there's a lot of people who believe that he's had enough of the won't do the thing in the arm that I can't talk about on YouTube because they block us when we do that. Yeah. That he wouldn't take that step for his teammates. 
And Kevin roundly and loudly supported him through that time, through all of the home games that Kyrie missed because he wouldn't take the thing in the arm for the thing to stop the thing from being the thing. That's fucking interesting, man. And stuff. And Kevin Durant roundly supported him. And at every turn, Kyrie Irving has put himself before the team. Yeah. And, and I think, and I understand, you know, being Muslim is, is not debatable. It's not debatable. And I get that. But Kevin Durant had enough of, of being the only guy. Yeah, it is debatable for Kevin Durant. It's not debatable for Kyrie. And and, and yeah. the thing is, is that whether Kyrie likes this or not, Kyrie's always playing always gonna be the 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 Robin to the Batman. You know, Kyrie is always going to be the second tier guy. And and yeah. that's just how it is. And and I don't blame Kevin at all, man. I don't. Yeah, I, I it'll be interesting. It will be interesting to see what happens with Kyrie Irving because he and and I I I and I don't remember feeling this way about him during the season, but just in talking to guys around the league, I don't think he's in as much demand as he used to be. No, he is. They, you know, oddly, you know what? With the other thing hanging over Kyrie Irving, his broken relationship with Nike is really a troubling sign for a lot of NBA executives. Because Nike is one of the most liberal, easy organizations to endorse. Yeah. Like they will put up with a lot of your crap, like Colin Kaepernick's situation or LeBron or you. I mean, you look at Tiger Woods, like they put up with an enormous amount of flack from their guys. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're not going to put up with it from Kyrie Irving. And they're thinking that this, this Kyrie they just released could be the last Kyrie that comes out from Nike that sent up a lot of red flags because remember a lot of former Nike executives now work in NBA front offices and there's a it, Kyrie is just an interesting different bro yeah and there's not a whole lot of organizations that want to deal with that I think there's only two the Lakers and the Chicago Bulls I think those are the only two that would want to deal he he has burned his bridge in Cleveland and Boston that ain't never going to happen yeah right the Knicks the, even the Knicks won't take that on the Knicks will not take on Kyrie's baggage. The Lakers and the Chicago Bulls would willingly take him on. And I think that's the – if he goes to Chicago, I think Zach Levine absolutely is gone. I think Zach's a Laker before Kyrie ever hits the ground. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how those two guys – because Zach Levine missed a hell of a lot of time. He just had successful surgery this week um, because he had knee and ankle injuries – there's some frustration that he is a me guy first. Um, he was supposedly frustrated with all the attention DeMar DeRozan got. Well. You know, like, it, justifiably so. I mean, that was, before D-Rose showed up, that was Zach Levine's team. But you had so many injuries on that Bulls team, and you had the emergence of Io DeSumo. Yeah. And, like, I mean, you just had this confluence of events that I think lessened the importance of Zach Levine now, he's an incredibly important guy to that roster, no doubt about it. But they figured out how to play without him because he was not there so often late in the season. So my point is, if you plug Kyrie into that situation and you take out a Zach Levine, um, you know, you you trade a green or, you know, like you, you send Alex Crusoe in that deal back to the Lakers, like you could figure that stuff out. Yeah. I just think they're done with Kyrie in Boston. And all of that to say, all these type of situations are all opportunities for the Jazz. They're all opportunities for them to get involved. All right, let's get some of your comments in here. Jeremy Bolton says, it's easier to watch a Jazz game in Alaska and Ohio than it is to watch in Utah. Man, JB, Which you're, is ridiculous. You're, right. you're exactly right. 
Um, let's see. Jeremy, did you get your car? Did you? Did, did, oh, yeah. What happened? Well, dude? I don't want to out the car situation. Jeremy, if you want to talk about that, I, we didn't ask your permission to bring it up on the show, but I'd love to hear an update on that. Uh, Eric C. said, morning, Monty Town. Hope all is well. Eric, good to see you, buddy. Yep. He says, sheesh, imagine video of the team in the plane that hit the birds and had to emergency land. Bro. Right? But, but, but on the other side of that, how sketch that is, how, how much attention would be around? Because here's what happens. This is what no one talks about. You put out all this video. It's not just about the damn fan base. It's not just about jazz fans. Imagine what happens when ESPN's following the jazz account because they put out so much video and like you get more notoriety. People pay attention. Well, look more. how much run the the Clarkson Ingles video yes, got, where, dude. Where, where Joe was loving on Jordan Clarkson. Like, yeah. And by the way, don't let it be lost that Jordan Clarkson's black, Joe Ingles is white, and this is Salt Lake City. Yes. Because I think that dynamic matters, and when you have. A black player winning a significant award in Salt Lake City, man. And his best friend on the team is white. That's That's a huge deal. Huge. So, yeah, I agree with you, Eric. I think that's a a, a really good point. Brandon Whiteside, good morning to you, my friend. He says, only thing where Ryan is lacking is we need streaming service now, man. Right. To be able to watch jazz games on your phone. And and I think we'd all pay for it. I'd fucking pay for it. No problem. Yeah. If you said to me, hey, it's $5.99 a month to watch every jazz game on your phone, where do I sign up? Yeah, man. Let me hit Apple Pay right now. Yeah. Like, how are you not on YouTube? You know, like, seriously. Seriously. And, you know, this this thing with the shot in the arm and the the thing on your face and staying home so you don't get the thing. Yeah. Like, I would love to get together, and we talked about this with RSL the other day. Yeah. I would love to get together and buy a bunch of jazz fans beers at a, at a jazz game or a hot dog or, you know, a swig. Or a sandwich. And it's not caffeinated yeah. and stuff. Uh, but I would love to, like, be able to do that stuff. But that's that has become more and more difficult. And I think as we move out of this period with the thing in the arm and the face and the don't get it how about that (laughs) once we move past that you've got to you you've got to become different and i just hope and i think he does but i hope ryan smith already has his foot on the gas because the businesses that came out of the period with the thing in your arm and your face and your mom because youtube doesn't allow us to talk about that what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) i hope that he realizes the businesses who never stopped, who just kept their foot on the gas are the ones that were thriving through this period. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, Tanner Plummer says Ryan Smith will win multiple titles. Man, I feel like it would take an act of God for the jazz just to win one. Probably not. Probably not wrong. You don't, you, you have that mindset because you don't know what's possible with a new owner. It's possible. Yep. Jeremy Bolton says, no way AD plays like eight games a year. Yeah, he's hurt. I want nothing to do with that. Uh, Gene uh, Gene's Stream Gamer says, huge disrespect on the Jazz. James Knight, good morning to you. Where's my Forex gold? Yeah, man. Uh, and he only has one eyebrow. Is that right? Ryan Smith only has one eyebrow? I have no idea. That could be. Cody Strickland, uh, Jazz respect level, none. They haven't proved anything. That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Eric and Raleigh, good morning. The Jazz need to do a crossover with Eminem and D12 and bring back the Purple Hills, uh, Hills That's what jersey. I'm saying, bro. Like, bring back Get an crazy. iconic one, man. Get crazy. Like, and this is what this is why the gun violence thing with Ryan Smith, his tweet the other day at, at Steve Kerr bothered me. Okay, what are you going to do about it? You have Ryan Smith has all of these relationships. What are you going to do with those? Yeah. How are you going to leverage those? Make the lives of Utahns better. 
How are you going to do that? And I'm not talking about basketball. Okay, it's basketball time. Okay, great. Bring me celebrities. Dwayne Wade, you're an iconic figure in, in the black community. Bring me celebrities. Bring me relationships in the black community that help us get players and win championships. Yeah. Right? Whether that's jerseys, fashion, shoes, kicks, I don't care. Do a somebody do a, a collab with one of the shoe companies, Nike, or if you're Don, okay, Adidas. That's not really a shoe company anymore. Nah. They make shoes, but you know. Yeah. Somebody do a, a a a smoking hot fire collab on a shoe with, you know, Dornbach or somebody. Why are we not doing that stuff? Make it available only at the Jazz Arena. Why are we not why are we not doing that stuff? That's what I don't understand. Yeah. Like, Ryan, you have all of this potential. You have all of anything you want. Money's not an object, billionaire. So show me what you got. That's all I'm saying. Like, I don't dislike Ryan Smith. I think he's going to be a phenomenal owner. He's just going through a learning curve now. That's what I'm saying. I would love to sit down and have a 10-minute conversation with him and just be like, hey, man, come on the podcast. Let's sit down. Like, and hey, you know what? I'll ask for that. I will ask for him to sit down and do a one-on-one with us. And we'll go anywhere. Let's do it at center court at, at, at... the arena i don't care where we'll we'll yeah. video it we'll all sit down and we'll we'll just talk basketball and we'll talk about the jazz and because i think that's what's missing who's done the state of the jazz sit down one-on-one with ryan smith nobody this i mean this podcast again uh, uh point break i think it's called like we said that's the best two podcast. nba players yeah, by dude. the way by the way two black nba players yeah with the white owner of the salt lake City Basketball Club. Yeah, doing a phenomenal job. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says he wanted us to finance but ended up getting a fantastic deal and going to roll out a killer Telluride. Good. Getting it, getting the the thing in three days. I don't I don't mind bringing it up. Going to just pay straight cheese for it. Good. He tried to get us to finance. We said, F that. My man, stand up for yourself. Let's go. So many people. Okay, so let me just tell yeah. the story. Jeremy Bolton. Um, one of our, our, one of our absolute best listeners, a guy I love talking to, like, you're just, you're one of our favorite parts of the show, JB, even though you don't know basketball or sports at all. Um, do you have a headband? You know, I'm kidding. <laughs> so Jeremy Bolton goes and buys a Telluride, right? A, a Kia, Kia Telluride. And it's on back order because supply chain and the stuff that you get in your arm. Yeah. Cover I can't your face make air conditioners and stuff, stuff, you know, you know. Uh, that we're not allowed to talk about because That's of YouTube. That's an issue. Uh, anyway, so he goes and buys a Kia Telluride. And he's, Jeremy's a baller, which, you know, we only have ballers that listen to the show. Yeah. Um, so he wants to pay cash for this Telluride. Okay, cool. But as he explained to Jake and I the other day, he got a call from the dealer and the guy's like, hey, bro, um, we're going to need you to finance that because we won't make any money if you pay cash. Hey, guys. To which I say, oh, well, not my fault. Yeah. I'm here to pay cash. I'm not here to finance it or make sure you guys make money. Yeah. Jeremy Bolton represents Jeremy Bolton's family, not car dealership guy. Yeah. So a lot of people who go in to buy cars allow the dealership to push them around. Hey, we're going to do this payment. Like we told this story about our Jeep. Yeah. We we straight up got, you have to, you have to be in a situation where if they're going to, and Jeremy, here's how I would handle it. Hey, we're going to pay cash. No, we can't sell you the car. All right. Thanks, dude. See ya. See you later. What are they going to do? Do you really think they're going to let a cash customer walk out the door? 
Now, the problem is the Kia Telluride's hard to get right now. So they would have a buyer lined up right behind you. But if I were you, I would be like, I'm paying cash. Whether you want me to or not is irrelevant. I want to pay cash. I'm paying cash. Yeah. Tell me where to sign. And if they say, no, we can't do it then, I would be like, all right, where's the general manager? And I think the thing, too, that I would say is is you're not wrong. They probably do have other buyers lined up. But the problem for them, even in that scenario, is there's other dealers. There's other fish in the sea. Dude, if you're buying cash, you could call a dealer in New York and have the car shipped to you. Like, you can literally call. And this is the big misnomer, not to do a whole thing on buying cars. When you're buying a car, it, you, if you live in Salt Lake, as an example, don't just look in Salt Lake. No. Look nationally. No. Nope. Because you can get the car brought to you. When I, when I bought my Volvo, I lived in the Midwest, drove out to L.A. and bought it. Drove it back to the Midwest. Like, it, it's it's too much. There's too many options now. Anyway, yeah. good for you, Jeremy. I'm yeah. glad to see you stood up for yourself. Um, all right, let's get to Colin Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. Because this is a pretty big story, I think, in the sports world. Colin Kaepernick yesterday worked out with the don't call us Oakland because we now play and live in Las Vegas Raiders. Right. And – the Raiders don't really have a backup quarterback. They have Derek Carr, their number one, no question, stud, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Jared Stidham is your backup who you traded for from New England. Um, and, you know, Nick Mullins, that's exciting. He's This third. man was a bona fide scrub. So Mark Davis has been on the record for the last six months saying, hey, if my guys come to me and say Colin Kaepernick's the dude, we want to bring him in, he would not stand in the way. So they tried him out yesterday. And apparently it went well enough that the uh, Las Vegas Raiders have serious interest in signing Colin Kaepernick, which I say good because I think he's – he. I don't know that Colin Kaepernick is better than anyone that's a number one quarterback in the league. He should be a backup on somebody's roster. He should be on somebody's practice squad at the least. Yeah. He should be a number two in this league. Yeah. And my feeling is he could be a starter for probably six, five or six teams in this league. But he hasn't played since 2016, Jake, and I think he's got a lot to prove. Yeah, and I want to get ahead of all the people who are inevitably going to roll into the comments section and say, oh, well, he hates the cops and, and pig socks and shirts. And I want to get ahead of all that and just say, dude, pass is the pass. Right? Like, it's been, what'd you just say, since 2016? I well, mean, we're. In more, not to interrupt you, but how many passes are we giving politicians in this country? Seriously. How many passes? Like, did you see this nonsense in Texas yesterday with Governor Abbott? Are you kidding Bro. me? And by the way, is anybody going to say anything to Mike Lee, who's supposedly going to talk at this NRA rally, and Mitt Romney, who's going to talk at this NRA rally? Where, like, where, guess what? Guess what? No guns are allowed. Yeah. Just putting that out uh, there. But. But yet, Colin Kaepernick doesn't get a pass? Come on, dude. Come he, on. He, the reason he doesn't get a pass is he's black and he's an Afro. He has an Afro and he's an athlete. So we yeah. don't give him a pass. Yeah. So my, I, I think you're exactly right. Like the the stigma and the bias around Colin Kaepernick is the reason he's not on a roster. Yeah, like I, I'm not here for – like yesterday is a perfect example. Not to not to go into the gun topic. We're not doing that today. No. But, but, but yesterday as a comparison – I was so tired. I listened to like four shows yesterday, four radio shows yesterday around the country. And inevitably on every show there is, hey, is this a sports show? Guy coming into the comments section. I'm not here for that guy. I'm not here for, hey, Colin hates the cops guy, you know, eight years later or whatever it is. I, this guy, this guy 
can play football. He may not be the best guy in the league, but he can play football. Yes. He's good enough to be on a roster, and I'll take Colin Kaepernick over Stidham or or any rando backup quarterback that's just chilling on a roster doing nothing. Yeah. Like, I will. Yeah, Absolutely, I, I, I will. I just think it is It's ridiculous. The argument that he shouldn't be in the NFL is ridiculous. People forget that this guy went to a Super Bowl and was one throw away from being a Super Bowl champion. As a rookie. Like people First forget year that. starter. Dude, people forget that he dominated an Aaron Rodgers-led Packers team with Clay Matthews The funny on. thing is, and I think I've told this story before as well, but I was in the locker room the day, and the the interview is actually on this YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, if you're listening on uh, podcast, go to uh, themontyshow.com, M-O-N-T-Y, themontyshow.com. The interview with Colin Kaepernick is on this channel the day that he replaced Alex Smith in San Francisco. I was there. I covered the team for uh, KGO 810 radio, and he handled it flawlessly. And he he couldn't throw a pass on the on the goal line. He missed a very tight window. And it went off the fingertips, I believe it was Michael Crabtree. Mm-hmm. Um, and they lost to the New Orleans Saints. and Or the Baltimore Ravens, excuse me, in New Orleans. That was at the Superdome. Yeah. Um, against the Baltimore Ravens. And he never recovered from that. The team fell apart. Um, you know, somebody hit me on Twitter yesterday when I was tweeting about this, saying that Blaine Gabbert beat him out. No, he didn't. Blaine Gabbert did not beat out Colin Kaepernick. That's, that's, about, his, that's his, his day. That is so dated. He did not beat out. Colin Kaepernick. The point is, Colin never recovered from that team, and he never he never played again. I mean, 2016, after the kneel down thing, which, by the way, was not his idea, and he makes a great point. Does anybody really give a shit who kneels down in the NFL today? We have Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter on the back of helmets. Does anybody really care who kneels down anymore? Like, is that even a thing? No, but I think the problem is for Kaepernick, and in, in, in there's going to be a media circus if they do end up signing him, obviously. Yes, but absolutely. But I think the problem is is that people, what we do in this country, and we see it every day, we say, okay, hey, we hit the pause button on you six years ago after you were out of the league. We literally just said, pause, you're not being signed by anybody. Now you're on the verge of getting signed again, and we're, we're not going to account for all this time that's passed. We're going to take the time we hit pause – bring it right here, and we're going to say you're still the same guy representing the same cause, and you're still a horrible person. Yep. And, and that's the problem, and, and I don't think it's fair, and I don't think it's right, especially with what you were saying. Hey, we're not giving him a free pass, but we're giving all these guys? But the, we've got to stop this thing with, with hey, you're black, and you speak uh, out on social issues. No, you're done. Like, we got to stop that. We, we have to stop this thing where because he's got an afro and – he speaks out passionately against the police and police violence. Well, he's ostracized. He's out. Mm-hmm. His Afro should have nothing to do with his ability to play in the NFL. His beliefs on social justice should have nothing to do with his ability to play in the NFL. Yeah. I, I, and, we, and we need to recognize that that's an issue in this country. And until we do that, we're, we're going to have voter issues. We're going to have... You know, like it, 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 the the other offshoot of the, the shooting thing in Texas was Governor Abbott pointing at Chicago. Well, look at Chicago. They have some of the strictest gun regulations and they're still shooting each other. It means you have no idea why people are dying by gunfire in Chicago. It has nothing to do with what happened in Texas. <laughs> I mean, we, we base everything on race with Colin Kaepernick and it's a mistake. Yeah. I'm telling you now, I don't care if he's black, white, Asian, Latino, 
It doesn't matter to me. Can the guy throw a football? Can the guy run? Yeah, he can. Can the guy be on a roster and not be a problem like so many others yes. in the league? And by the way, this up the other thing about Colin Kaepernick that I heard yesterday, oh, a terrible teammate. No, he was not. That guy was loved by his teammates. Yeah. Ask Patrick Willis what he thinks of Colin Kaepernick. Jesus, like, Patrick He was Willis. beloved in that locker room. He was a guy that he won the, the, the Courage Award for social activism that year. Like, if his teammates hated what he was doing, do you think they would have voted for him? Stop. Like, it, it's it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It is and, and so again, ridiculous. I want to I make – I want to say it clearly. I hope he does get signed. I so hope do I. he gets signed. I hope that he gets a chance on the field this coming year. And, hey, again, if he sucks, if he's terrible, cool. We'll say Ship it. Ship his ass out. We will say it. <laughs> if he is so bad that if, – if, if he is Johnny Manziel bad, if he is – is terrible as it gets, right? Okay, cool. Cut yes. him. Fine. Cut him. But he needs that chance. Eric and Raleigh's exactly right. It's selective morality. Yeah, oh, totally. Jesus, totally, do, we, dude. do we use selective morality? Dude, slap that label on so I, many things. I mean, you look at religion, and did you guys see the video of this Baptist um, parishioner in this church? Yeah. So they're having a church session. And this woman walks in and walks up to the pastor in a Baptist church and starts talking about how he molested her and ruined her vagina when she was 16 years old in front of the entire church. She walks like they're up, having mass, dude. And she destroys this guy and talks about how I think she mentioned 12 year old girls and you ruined my vagina when I was just sick. Like, horrendous, terrible things. Yeah. That's selective morality by churches. This whole Baptist thing is ridiculous. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, I just, I, 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 it's crazy in this where we are in this country right now. It is absolutely, positively nutty where we are in this country right now. I yeah. don't even understand it. And that's why I, I can't possibly comprehend Oreo cookies and Ritz crackers being combined. <laughs> now hear me on this. While you're hitting the like button, please hear me on this. Oreo cookies and Ritz crackers are screwing over Americans today at 10 a.m. or at noon Eastern, uh, 10 a.m. Mountain. Right, right. Because they're going to release a thousand six packs of Oreos, so the chocolate Oreo with the cream center against a peanut butter filling and a Ritz cracker on the other side. A six-pack, 1,000 of them. Yes! You can't ever buy them in stores. They'll never release. They say they're never going to release them in stores. Mm -hmm. And they're only going to release them online today at noon Eastern. First of all, why do you hate fat people, Oreo cookies? To the point where you would only release a thousand of these? Fat! Do you know how many people are going to not have insulin spike in their blood because they cannot get access to your Oreo Ritz cracker combination? I think it would be good. Would it be good? Yeah, I think it would be really good. Would it be good? Is there... It, would it be good? You can make your own. Oh, fuck off. Don't, don't. No. 
that's but, not know, what we're talking. You talk- know when no. you take the no. Oreo and you twist no. off the, no. the top so no. you have the cream no. left on one I cookie, want them from the factory. And then you can, you no. know, get some Much like the Telluride. And put a, a Ritz <laughs> and then, so then you it's have it. It's just that voice that pops in so, from like out of left field. The hey, voice um, of reason. Nah, no, nah. nobody makes their own fucking Oreos. Nothing <laughs> answers. Could. No, you no, could. you can't. You could. Uh, who's? Oh, hey, guess whose website's going to break today? Hey, guys. The Oreo website. <laughs> Bruh. I, 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 yeah, no. I just, Why do we let her on the show? It's, it's. I mean, I do have to say no. it's a little different when you get it straight you from. <laughs> it's. It would be, I think, a little different getting it straight from them, but admittedly. I mean, yeah, you can make it, but that's not the point. The Eric, point is to get it from them. <laughs> Eric and Raleigh says, Monty refuses to work for the sugar and salt satisfaction. I do. I want it to be easy. Yeah. And no, I'm not making and, it and, at home. And you would, so you have to buy it on their website, yeah. wait for them to ship it to you, so it'll be totally destroyed, crushed, and no. broken by no, the time have, it arrives. No, no, they have special and packaging then, to prevent that. I want and, it. And it's going to take like, you know, special probably two to, two to six weeks for delivery. <laughs> no, it'll be here within five days. I can get it for you this afternoon. I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm not. I want I want an Oreo. I want a cookie with an Oreo stamp on one side. I want a Ritz cracker on the other side with cream and peanut butter filling. Yeah. And I want it from the factory. I don't want it. Well, let's break this part apart. And then let's get a Ritz. And let's get some Jif peanut butter, which, by the way, there's a recall because it's killing you. How about that? And I, I just, I want in a nice. I, 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 I and by the way, like by the you're way. You're making this worse than it no, needs to No, no, no. I'm a man. Trust me. I know sugar. The point is, it also comes in cool packaging, which is part of the allure. I'm a man. The whole thing, going online, winning the cookie sandwich thing of greatness and fatitude, and then having it shipped to your door. And Mm -hmm. that first cookie where you take it and you bite into it, and there's an ejaculatory-like explosion of sugar and salt in your mouth. Wow. It's Wow. Wow. Okay, I went too far. Me? Yeah. yeah. I went too far. Mm-hmm. Dude, but I have to agree. I mean, it's, went, it's, that's, isn't that the, like, that's the fun in, in buying Jordans or anything. Like, you get it shipped to your house <laughs> and, like, Bolton's, it's the whole thing. Jerry Bolton says, insert the Michael Rappaport drop. Hey. My message to Oreo, you, you, V-word. fucking yeah, vaccination this is for you. genius scientific expert, you fucking assholes. How do you release six, 1,000 six-packs of these cookies? Don't do me like that. Okay, best cookie. Best cookie that's like an Oreo. That's uh, on that level. Not like Nutter, oh, Nutter Butters are fire, it. dude. It's not what your mom does. Nutter Butters are one of the best. Nutter Butters are fire. The Flaky pr- Flicks. Keyboard. Bro, I, Flaky Flicks. I ain't even heard. What is that? Do they sell those in Russia? What's a Flaky Flick? <laughs> Check the comments. I'm sure someone else has good taste. What is a Flaky Does somebody in the comments Keebler? know what a Flaky Flicks? Flaky Flicks. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Um, because it's gone. Go ahead. You have like 18 computers in front of you. Google. What is? What's a flaky flick? It's like a little. It looks almost. Uh, it's like a like a wafer cookie covered in chocolate with like um, little crispy things on the outside. I've never had one of these. I I don't even know what that. That's the like f- the. It's like the coconut thing. What are kinda. you talking? Like we've ne- we when's the last Those time you had one of these? My favorite cookies ever. When no. I did that, an animal circus. Yeah, blood stripes cookies. are bomb, dude. You're 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 a, you're an iced animal cracker person. Oh, that's animal that's your. I've never. You good. have never. I've been married to you for twenty years. When do years too I long. get to buy cookies? You know what, what cookies <laughs> we buy in this house? 
Oreos. Like right now, we buy we don't, Oreos. We don't buy Oreos anymore, though, because they're terrible for you and they make right, you feel like it, shit. Right, but when um, we were buying cookies, the only cookies that were being bought were Oreos. No, but that doesn't and, mean and, that and you get it right. Have. Get it right. It was double stuffed golden Oreos. Family size. Yeah. Thank you. Let's Even though the best Oreos. Oreo is the thin lemons. Oh, there's oh. no doubt about that. Yeah. The best Oreo is the thin lemons. Uh, Cody says purple Girl Scout box and don't cheat on you frozen Girl Scout mints. Oh, uh, thin mints frozen are amazing. Yes. They are. Isn't the purple one Samoa's? Yes. Yes. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says Nutter Butter. You know what the most overrated cookie is? Crumble. Yes, Justin yeah, Salas. Yeah, Crumble's Thank you. overrated, bro. Even though Crumble, somebody delivered me Crumble a couple of months ago and I still don't know who that was. Or the donuts. Um, Jeremy Bolton <laughs> says, LOL, Karen Montaminer. Forgot about her. No, this is not a Karen thing. I'm not making Oreo cookies at home. That defeats the purpose. I want to talk to the manager. It's internal. Here Oreo. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, blind taste test. Factory assembled Ritz Oreo combo versus Mrs. Monty Ritz Oreo combo. Do it. 100% mine would be better. No. Yes. It's well, be it might be better, but it would ruin the experience. What? Yeah. <laughs> would ruin the experience. <laughs> it would ruin. It would. It would. Bro. Um, other good cookies. Chessmen. Um, yes. So fudge stripes, nutter butters, Oreos. I like fudge stripes a lot. You've converted me in, in that. But I don't, we don't eat that stuff yeah, very much. When's the I last time we like, had a cookie? Dude, I don't feel like there's a main competitor to Oreos outside of Nutter Butters. Honestly. We were walking through an open house the other day, and they had those Costco mini chocolate chip cookies, and I didn't have ones, one because those are getting, like... Dude, if I'm getting a baked one, a baked good like that, I need it to... Like, I can't do the hard, crunchy chocolate chip cookie. Mrs. M, when did you think of chip a couple of weeks ago? We had chip. I think that's the last cookie we had. Yeah, it was all right. I'm trying to remember... It wasn't a couple of weeks ago. Like I like the last time we had it was like a few months ago. I thought no chip over by um, that new heart that big harmons. Yeah. Remember that we went into that store. That's not a couple months ago. I thought it was a couple months ago. No, but anyways, man. yeah. No. I mean, you know, the thing is, what yeah, are those Tim are fun Tams? every once in a while. But what are Tim Tams? Tim Tams from Australia, ah, the Jesus, dark chocolate Tim Tams. Go. And in fact, my James friend is Knight. coming from Australia. I'm going to see her in June. Up in Seattle, and she is bringing me dark chocolate Tim Tams. Mm -mm -mm. Okay. There you go. Mm. Would you say oatmeal cream pie is a cookie? Oh, oh yes, yes, sir. Yes, yes. This is a Tim Tam. Yeah. Oh yeah, we had those when we were I, there. I, I brought some back actually from December. Yeah. Oh, those are so good. Tim Tams are good. All right, and then there's Arby's. Why? We got well because Arby's put out a burger, and we're gonna try it. It is a wagyu beef burger. I, and the word went right out of my head, the way they make it. Um, oh, damn. Sous vide? Yeah, sous vide. Sous -vide. Thank, thank you. Oh, Good They're going to sous vide a burger? Yes. Oh, yeah. And can they we have yeah. the time for that? Can we just get... Well, it doesn't it, take it long. Doesn't it takes like three minutes. See, there's a lot of misnomers. And admittedly, I had a misnomer too. So go ahead. Set the sous vide. Straight. Sous vide, which is... I learned about it at Olive Garden when way back in the day when I was an Olive Garden server. Um, Olive Garden prepares, or they did, they prepare their soups sous vide. They come, and so what sous vide is, sous vide is not boiling. They do not, it is not boiled. So what sous vide is, is you vacuum seal a food item in a bag. Right. So in this case, a burger. You take that burger and you put it in water that is perfectly heated. It is certainly not boiling. So let's say you want to cook that burger to 160 degrees. There's a device that heats that water to exactly 160 degrees. It's like a wand, degrees. basically. Yeah, it's like your your blender. You know that blender? An immersion blender. An immer mm -hmm. It looks like an immersion blender. Yeah. 
but it's a it's an electric post. You put it in that water, and it heats that water exactly to 160 degrees. Quite literally, not 161 or 159, 160 degrees. You take the the vacuum pack burger, put it in that water, and about three minutes later, it's cooked. Oh my gosh! So they're, and it's they're doing it sous vide. Yes. they're calling it sous vide. Well, they don't have a grill because they don't have a, they grill, don't have a grill, and they That's can right. prepackage it in plastic, ship it to their stores, yeah, and then make brilliant. it hot for yeah, you. It is brilliant. brilliant. It is absolutely. But you're not brilliant. a burger person. But I mean, it is. But know. by the way, it's not just some shitty McDonald's burger. It is a wagyu and beef combination. Remember no their char. Brand. Remember their brand. No grill though. marks. But right, but their but brand. You, yeah, you don't need char. Their, but their brand is we have the meat. Seriously, that's they, their brand. Yes, it they, is right know. on. We have it's the brilliant. Yeah. We don't have a grill. It is brilliant. And by the way, people are raving about them. Everybody, and I watched like five, six videos last night on it. Mrs. Monty went upstairs and left me downstairs all by myself. <laughs> um, so of course I whipped out the meat videos um, and watched a bunch of uh, video reviews of their burger. And it's actually people are raving about it. I th- people it, are saying it's really good. And, and the yeah. I guess the bun that the burger comes on yeah. is really good quality. Like, yeah, uh, we're gonna do some I mean, TikTok. Listen, I have it. to agree with her. When I first heard of this, I was like, "Well, you're not gonna have that char grill taste." But I don't necessarily think that makes it bad. I just think it's different, and I think that's what they were going for—a different angle on the burger market. Because they literally said, I think in their marketing release, they said it's going to be bigger. What did they say? Uh, like a time and a half bigger than a quarter pounder from McDonald's? It is bigger than a quarter pounder. Justin Solace, perhaps the comment of the day. Right. I live in North Austin, and the closest Arby's is 30 minutes away. Okay. So we only go there for special occasions, like our 10th anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> We've been married a decade, honey. Where are we going to go to eat? Arby's. <laughs> as long as you're getting some little horsey sauce. Justin, my guy. Eric and Raleigh says, so Arby's is going to be doing... Uh, what all fast food restaurants have been doing for decades, only adding the bag. Pretty much. I mean, it, it is It is anytime you go to a – the only place that doesn't ever freeze their patty, from what I understand, is Five Guys. Yeah. Other than that, like McDonald's, Burger King, all of those places, like, again, having worked in, in McDonald's way back in my, my late teens in good old Lafayette, Indiana, or Rensselaer, Indiana, excuse me, those burgers are frozen, but they're steamed, right? So what happens is McDonald's uses a flat top, and they put a rubber liner in there, and they heat it up and steam it. So you drop that that grill top, it steams that burger fresh to a perfect temperature, and then opens the grill for you. Yep. You don't ever have to flip the burger. Like, there's technology in fast food that's amazing. Now, having said that, uh, we need the jack-in-the-boxes to open in the back. Seriously. Because that's called a burger. Yeah. There's five Ultimate guys, cheeseburger. and I'm telling you, five guys is still the best fast food, kind of, because it's not really fast fast food. It's fast casual. Um, five guys is still the best quick burger you can get, but I'm not kicking Jack in the Box out of bed. I'm going to try this Arby's burger. So what's your expectation for it, though? Because we back in the day in Phoenix, when we lived in South Phoenix, Popeye's rolled out with the new, I can't remember, the new chicken sandwich that they rolled out with, and that sucked, in my opinion. That was trash. Oh, that's true. Wendy's never freezes her burger either. Wendy's is good, according to Neville. Uh, the chicken, the <laughs> okay. So speaking of Colin Kaepernick, the reason Jake hated the Popeyes chicken sandwich is because we went to the hood to get it because it's garbage and it was scary. Like we were under the overpass, like you know, we were doing a drug deal to get that fucking yeah. sandwich, and yeah. it was not good. Yeah. And Jake was like, "I'll never do it again." Yeah, I ain't doing this, man. I I ain't about that life. I can tell you that chicken sandwich was highly overrated, only because of the hype. The sandwich was good, only because of the hype. Yeah. 
Okay, so TikTok ruined my chicken sandwich eating, by the way. I watch a guy on TikTok who is not a diabetic, but he wears one of those blood insulin patches on his arm. Yeah. So it, he's doing like, hey, this is what this food does to my blood sugar. And it, it's a huge thing in fitness. When you're trying to eat well and lose fat, you need to understand what food spikes your insulin. So he did the Chick-fil-A sandwich. Yeah. And he quite directly says, well, even though the bag is poisoning me, the Chick-fil-A sandwich spiked his blood sugar higher than a can of Coca-Cola uh, soda. Yeah. Not eating a Chick-fil-A anymore. Not it. That was like two days ago I saw that video. And the other day I was like, Mrs. Monty, what do you want to get? Should we just get some Chick-fil-A? She's like, no. No. And we wound up at Jersey Mike's again. And um, yeah, I won't eat a Chick-fil-A now. Yeah, it's and gnarly. It is. It's crazy. And it's usually the 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 bread. And their bread has a lot of sugar in it. Yes. So. Yes. Oh, like Subway. Subway's not healthy for you. I'm sure Jersey Mike's has some stuff. Jersey Mike's stuff is at least raw. Like, no, I'm not getting in the Subway. I'm not. Uh, Jeremy Sebre says, only Jack in the Box in Utah is Cedar City. Give me the tacos. No. Well, they're coming. No. They're coming. St. George. Saint, oh, St. George has them. Yeah, the closest to Salt Lake City is Cedar City. Um, but they're coming. Jack in the Box is opening like a dozen across the valley in the next two years from what I understand. Yeah. We tried. It's way too expensive. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, I've flown to California specially to get in and out in and out is so overrated. And now the politics of in and out and no, nah, I'm out. I'm good. I'm out. I'm good. In and out. How dare you, Monty? Mm, the burger's fine. The fries suck. Uh, Big Dog O-Town says, I'm going to try that bad boy for show. Yeah, you should. Um, what do you guys eat on a regular basis? It does appear you've lost some weight. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Shout the Mobamba. I My wife makes me oats every single day. Um, for breakfast, I get a half a cup of oats with some kind of fruit. I love, love dehydrated cherries. I love them. Like she puts dehydrated cherries, apples, bananas, depending on the day. Um, and then for lunch, I eat the same thing every day. I eat a, uh, Chipotle burrito, um, which is black beans, pinto beans, brown rice, fajita vegetables, queso, and pico. I eat that every day for lunch. Last night, I had a salad for dinner. Um, generally, we don't eat a lot of dinner. I usually have yeah. an Oikos triple zero. Depends on calories. I try to stay under 2,300 calories a day. So, like, the other night, I, I didn't eat breakfast. We had lunch. I can't remember what we had for lunch. And we wound up not eating dinner. So, I had, uh, like, two Oikos yogurts with a banana. It was really good. Okay. I was happy with it. Yeah. So yeah, that's about what we eat every day. I usually have a one, a protein bar, a one bar, mm -hmm. uh, by the way, that there's a link to those protein bars are the best. They're only 200 calories, excellent ingredients. They're in the uh, links below. Yeah. All right. So real quick before we get out of here, um, there is a big shoe draw on the sneakers app this morning. It is an air Jordan two. And it, it so I won an air Jordan one yesterday. So I'm a little hesitant I'm a little hesitant to go all in on this. Is this like an off-white two, or what do we? No, we, it's we just a. It's a beautiful Air Jordan two. I don't know if it's off off-white. Um, How many sneakerheads do we have on the show? Um, who, who 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 in the comments you know is is in on the draw game? Oh, Jerick, there it is. Jerick the says, union. yeah, the union. That's what it is. Uh, Jerick says, first time I've ever listened to your show. Really appreciate your guys's candor. <laughs> Um, there are very few shows in Utah who are willing to talk about black issues and Afros. Good on you. 
I appreciate it. I mean, that. I just think it's the reality of the situation, yeah, man. It, like the problem is we don't talk about afros and black issues. Yeah. And so when when people with afros in the African American community have issues, nobody wants to talk about it. And so we wind up yeah. in situations like we're in now. Um are you so you're out of the shoe game? I'll try to get this because it is a union, and the last union I got was the Union Four, and I sold that for like five hundred bucks. You made a ton on that. Yeah. That and the only shoe you've ever made more on than that was the Kobe. Yeah, the Kobe Bruce Lee, which now I which kind I'm of pissed about that I sold that. Well, but you didn't know you they didn't were know. never going to make mean, it again. You didn't know at the time, but like it, it just, I was just like, damn, dude, that <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have sold it, and. It's and fine. but now they're going to re-release it. They're going to re-release it. But there's no guarantee. That's my thing. Like, yeah, I probably have a chance to win another one. It's not like it's over forever. But you know, there's nothing like having one pair of Kobe's. I wore. We played in Kobe's all the time back in the day. How do you guys pay your mortgage with your shoe game? Uh, you know, you sell a lot of Yelp ads. You do. Neville ninety three says, "Hey, question: What if I don't have TikTok and only Instagram? Can I still be in the contest for the two hundred fifty dollars gas card?" Yeah, comment yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. Well, you got to comment on both. Comment on Instagram, then come back to the channel. Find the, the find the Maverick gas card video and comment on it, Neville. And I think you might have already. I think yeah. you're in that already. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Did Jake throw the toys out uh, of the cot yesterday? What? I don't, I don't understand I don't what know, that means. I don't know what that means. Jake looks like he lost weight. Has he been doing horizontal folk dancing? I don't even know what that is. He doesn't even work out. Like, I work out. Horizontal I do something. folk dancing, Jake. It's sex, Jake. Hello. Okay, cool. God almighty. You guys are old. I've never heard of that. You work out like four days a week. And you're like, oh, yeah, losing 10 pounds a week. Yep. I don't, I work I don't out, lose I do, weight on the scale. I lose weight in the body. That's what I've noticed. I work out six days a week and do something on that seventh day to be active, and I got to fight to lose two pounds a week. It's ridiculous. And if I eat like 3,000 calories, I don't lose any weight. Yeah. Prick. Anyways, exactly. It's always uh, bread that spikes the sugar. I dig keto, high-fat, moderate ah, carbs. See. Yeah, I can't do Keto's keto. a gimmick. Dude, if you Keto's want to cut, gimmick, you, yeah, you got to, you got to, there was, I saw a TikTok yesterday. If you're not on TikTok, I would encourage you to at least try it. I saw a TikTok yesterday of a guy talking about, hey, there's all these fads. Like you just got to get on quality. Just get on quality, you yeah. know, quality food in the right portion. It, 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 everybody tries to do like keto. I did Atkins. I lost like a hundred pounds on it. The Atkins diet Atkins back in the day. Atkins always worked for you really well. It works very, low carb diets work really well for me. Um, and it's because of, I like my, Mrs. Monty got me on this, this, diet plan or this health plan we went and saw this doctor who was like three feet tall aren't they always um this old man you remember that guy in phoenix i think it was yeah um and he did a blood draw and he straight up said to me your your body does not react well to sugar sugar and when you eat he he this is the same guy who told me never to eat doritos again and he completely fucked me mentally on doritos Dude. which i love cool, cool ranch, ranch doritos, doritos. <laughs> cool ranch doritos so and he good. also the other thing he ruined for me was cheetos because he said Cheetos and Doritos have the exact same impact on your body. And he said, never eat them. But yeah. he, he said to me, your body will, will, will does not react well to sugar. Um, and he's like, if you eat sugar, just know that you're not going to lose weight. He said, every time you eat a, a potato chip, just resign yourself to the fact that you're okay not losing weight. And he's like, you're not diabetic. You're not. You, I, he's the guy who told me I'll never have a heart attack. He said, it, you know, if you just keep doing what you're doing, taking your vitamins, limiting your sugar, you'll never have a heart attack, right? Like, so he's that dude. Yeah. But he's like, every time you eat a bit potato chip, and he was brutally honest. And he, uh, honest and to God. And I appreciate that about people. Right? Like, he couldn't have been more than like five, six, five, seven. Like, he was a small dude. But this dude changed me. He straight up said to me, every time you eat a potato chip, just say to yourself, I'm okay being overweight. 
uh, just I'm okay not being as healthy as I can be. Yeah. Every time you put a Cool Ranch Dorito in your mouth, say to yourself, I'm okay poisoning myself. Yeah. Like, this is what this dude was saying to me. And his daughter was his nurse. Uh, and and so, like, yeah, they were unbelievable. It was really expensive I to think be in the, that program. The, the thing about weight loss and food and everything is the truth of the you matter is, is sons it's not, of bitches. Yeah, they don't make it in your size. They don't make it in a 15. You're a jerk. Try winning in a 12. I'll try winning it in a 14. doing nothing for you. Yeah, I know. I'll try winning it in a 14. How about that? What I was going to say is the thing How, about oh. the thing about food, and this is really unique to your life situation. So if you have kids and stuff, this is going to be harder for you. You know, if you have more things in your life, it's going to be oh harder for God. you. Oh, my God. I'm going to lose my mind over here. Anyway, you know, we got all this happening. But all I'm just <laughs> trying to say is that, you know, it's really – it's. I find it hard to eat really well every single day. Because it's yes. just me, myself, and I. It's it's not easy. It's very difficult for me. And, you know, you joke and say that it's easy to lose weight. I've been maintaining for a long time, you know, at, at my current weight. There are times when I'll, you know, when I'll drop a few pounds here or there. But I've never gotten the <clears throat> down 20 or whatever. No. And my feeling is, for me, what I what I have to do is I have to do some cardio at night, too. You have to up your, you have to up the burn, you know. And, and that's just what it is. And I think that. The, the, the thing I do have on my side, obviously, is age, and it's just a matter of doing it at night. Sometimes that's easier than other nights, you know? Yeah, and it, and it all depends on your body, your health, your ability. You know, like, if you can walk, I would absolutely tell you to walk. Like, the thing that has really helped me is is having this Peloton treadmill, um, having, you know, doing more cardio at the gym, but changing up my workouts a little bit and, like, changing. Like, there's all kinds of things you can do. Yeah. All right, play the music because I have to go. Okay. Um, we will be back on Tuesday. Um, will be our next show. Tuesday uh, will be our next show. Um, enjoy your long weekend. By the way, real quick, Monday is Memorial Day. Please understand what Memorial Day is. It is not Happy Memorial Day. Enjoy your time off. Enjoy your barbecues. Enjoy time with your family. But understand that Memorial Day is about recognizing those who died in the line of service and on battlefields across the world so that we could enjoy the freedoms that we enjoy. So if you are in service to this country, thank you so much. If you are a veteran, thank you so much. Enjoy your Memorial Day holiday. We'll talk to you Tuesday. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.